Hello, how are you? Welcome, you got Father Larry Richards and the Reason for Our Hope podcast. Um, no, it's called Anchored in Hope podcast, but we are the Reason for Our Hope Foundation. And I'm sorry, I just got done with Dr. Ray Gurendi. You all know Dr. Ray. You know I'm on his show, so every uh, every year we come and we do a bunch of... Uh, we uh, filmed 13 episodes of his show, my part of the show, and it's all done at my parish. And so he was just here all morning and the afternoon, and we just had lunch, and so I just had to hurry up. That's why I- I'm a minute late, so sorry about that. <laughs> so, But I was with Dr. Ray, so, you know, I'm going to get out of purgatory early because I had to be spend time with him today, and, you know, we had, it's going to be a great season. We've already, this is our 11th season. So, that's 11 times um, 13, so that's a lot of stuff we have had to spend time together on. So again, we're on EWTN on uh, Saturday nights at 10 o'clock is when it has it in uh, 10 p.m. Eastern, and so I have about a five to eight minute uh, part with them. So anyway, just to let you know, that's why I'm a minute late or so. So first thing we should do is pray. So let's pray. And the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for your love and for your faithfulness and that you are in control and that you have brought us to know you, Lord. You have brought us into a relationship with you. That What a great gift of faith just to be able to know that you are God and you take care of us and how many people never even come to that reality. So thank you, Lord, that you have called us, that you have adopted us, that you have given us hope. In the midst of everything, if we stay focused on you, we'll always have hope. We ask you to bless us and bless our listeners and bless the world. Help us all to know you, to love you, and serve you so that all of us can be with you forever one day in heaven. We beg you these things, Holy Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Mary, Mother of Jesus. Pray for us. Good St. Joseph, pray for us. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Okay, again, if you're new here, you can just, uh, in the live chat, just put a question in that, and I'll take those questions as they come. We also have some email questions, which I have not had a chance to look at, but we will uh, look at them as we go on. And this is just a time for you and I to uh, just talk about the church, God, our relationship, where's their hope and how we can find hope. So again, as always, I'm just glad that you've taken the time to be here with me this uh, afternoon from coming to you from Erie, Pennsylvania, the reason for our Hope Foundation, uh, which is my foundation that we hope to bring hope to the world. That's the whole point. So let's begin here online and say what it is. I made this, okay. My Father Larry, just checking if you have still time to read your uh, Gmail account. I haven't looked at anything today. I even got a text from someone today that I have not. I had mass and I had a meeting. Then Dr. Ray came and we did all the stuff. And then we went right to uh, eat. And then I just came here. And so, and then afterwards my shrink and then the cathedral. And then I have a, a baptism and confirmation and a wedding tonight at 7 o'clock. So I'm not going to have a chance to do anything to later i haven't even worked out yet today so i still got i'm not gonna uh well it'll overwhelm me i'm just gonna say i'll get to everything when i get to it that's all i can say 
Okay, so, but I will, uh, but I'll, of course, pray for uh, Father for you, of course. Um, Father Mac gives real good homilies. I will bet the students like him. He's a good man. God is good. So it's good that uh, you're watching Father Mac. Good afternoon. Hi, Father. Is it bad for a guy to have earnings? How does that reflect on him? Oh, earrings. I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, uh, I'm not into earrings myself, but of course you can do it. There's cultures where it's part of what men do. You know, when I was uh, growing up, it was left is right and right is wrong of all things to be able to say in those days whether guys wore earrings. And I used to pick on the kids, the guys especially, of course, who would have two different earrings. And I'd say, oh, so you're mixed up. You don't know which way to go. And I'd say, Father, I know. I'm a, I'm a bad person. I know. But anyway, um, you know, it doesn't say much, you know, as long as it's not a, you know, a vanity thing, but there's so much it can be vanity things. We just have to watch whether we're men or women when we're just so overly concerned with our appearance that uh, anything can become vanity. So you just got to watch. Now, uh, you don't want to go overthink these things. You just don't want to make sure that you're always just thinking about yourself and making yourself look good. So again, that's just part of what we do. Okay, so there we go. And we'll go right here on to... Some of the email things. Will extremist Muslims who are suicide bombers or kill people in the name of Allah, will they go to heaven? Is it their fault they do not know Jesus? This is a great question. And once I was uh, doing a, one of our retreats um, for the DME, and this question came up, and there was three priests there, and one of my good friend priests, they asked the question, will these Muslims uh, go to heaven? And he goes, they will rot in hell for all eternity. <laughs> and I said, uh, how much uh, we don't know the teaching of the church. If they do what they do, because in their heart, they feel that this is what God has called them to do, then they will be judged differently, because we're always um, judged by our conscience. And you say, Father, that's, that's terrible. You can't. How could you kill somebody? But remember that we call the father of our faith someone who felt that God was calling him to kill his son Isaac and even acted on it until God stopped him. So we got to always put things in perspectives. Was it evil what they did? Yes, of course it was. They killed all these people. Are you kidding me? It was very evil. But you got to believe you're doing something. Again, remember even in the teaching of the church for basic sin. To commit a mortal sin, you need three things. Serious matter, full knowledge, and full consent of the will. You know it's wrong. Uh, it's wrong. You know it's wrong. You do it anyway. Now, if you're a Muslim and you think with all your heart, this is what Allah is telling you to do. Now, then they'll be judged differently. Now, not knowing Jesus when, again, what do we do with those type things? Again, a teaching the church. The teaching of the church at Vatican Council II says that even atheists, if they're atheists through no fault of their own, have hope of salvation. And then it goes on, and, the, the, you know, like, again, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, they says uh, Pope Francis prays to the, Pope Francis said the Muslims pray to the same God we do. 
And I said, yes. And I read you the, in the catechism where it says it and where at Vatican Council it says that. And people, I don't buy that. Well, then you're not Catholic. It's just that simple. This is the teaching of the Holy Roman Catholic Church and its dogma, and it must be believed. So for those people who sit there and say, I don't have to believe that, you do if you're a Catholic. You must believe everything the church teaches period. It's not up to you to decide whether you believe it or not. It's you to decide whether you're Catholic or not. And that's not even for you to decide. If you decide that, if you say, I don't believe these things, well, you have separated yourself from the church. It's just that simple. You don't get a chance to decide whether, uh, whether I'm Catholic, if I don't believe in certain things, okay? You understand that. That's very important, that we know these things instead of like too many people want to pick and choose. They want to be Catholic, but they don't want to follow everything the Catholic Church teaches. You got to buy in everything. This should cost you your life to follow Jesus Christ and to follow his church. We are not the ones in charge. We are not the ones who tell God, do what I want, and then I'll follow you. Uh Uh-uh. Jesus says, come follow me. And that means deny yourself, pick up your cross and follow him. So yes, uh, a Muslim, a Buddhist, an atheist can go to heaven, but it says hope for heaven. Doesn't say guaranteed heaven. But the only way they can go to heaven is because of what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Correct? Because when like just as uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, everybody sinned. So everybody in the whole world is now under sin, original sin, because of the sin of Adam and Eve. Now, Paul says we're all under sin because of that. But then he says, but then we've all been redeemed by what Jesus Christ did on the cross. That when Jesus died, he died for all sin. Now, everyone is redeemed by what Jesus Christ did. But because of free will, we have to accept what Jesus did for us. And that's where salvation is. And so the way we do that in the Catholic Church, we've always taught, is by faith and by works. Believing that Jesus Christ, as God, he became a man, he died for our sins. Faith. And then works. We got to love one another. We got to love the take care of the poor. It's always both. but it's what Jesus Christ did for us. And so teaching of the church. Again, most people think they think they know the teaching of church, but they have their own version of that. And so I just want to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Okay. So, because people, uh, you know, whatever. And today's one of those days where I'm way beyond anybody like uh, feeling bad about anything. It's like, okay, this is what we, uh, what we have to do, what we got to do, what the hope that God is giving us. So just, uh, but that was a good, good question. Um, I just hit the wrong button here. Okay. So let's go on to here. I see more questions have come on. Uh, Hi, Father Larry. Rosaries are hung at a shrine and I help myself with one of it. had been praying with it and each time also pray for the owner. Now I'm kind of guilty for taking, decided to return it. I would do the same. I mean, if it says free there, then take them. And like most churches have rosaries in the back just so people can pray. But if it's not, like let's say someone put it there because uh, 
They want their prayers, like a candle in front of God, you know, in front of a statue. They, they put it there so they can honor the saint or honor God and let their prayers be heard for them. Then it would be important for them to keep that there. But don't go crazy over it. Yeah, just return it, that's all. And uh, get another rosary or take another, take two rosaries back. So one for your prayers and one for those. But don't go crazy over it, okay? Hope that helps. Father Larry, can you please explain what a memorial mass does for a de- the deceased? Absolutely. What happens when someone dies? I always say, not always, not me. The church always says you should always have a mass said for them. And it doesn't even have to be a Catholic, you know, that you have to say mass for because everyone needs grace and everybody needs what the mass does. What the mass does is it's not magic, but it's the offering of Jesus Christ to his father. It was the greatest thing that ever happened when he offered himself on the cross, and it was the greatest grace ever given to the world. So when we say a mass for somebody, we are joining our prayer, our intention for their soul, and we're joining that to what Jesus did on the cross before the Father. Greatest prayer there is. So if they're stuck in purgatory, that can release them from purgatory. If they still have time, it can help them get out of purgatory faster. But usually I'm always like, uh, again, I've told the story about the priest that used to live with me. He said, when I was uh, going to Rome, I had her do my will. And it says, how many masses did you have uh, in there for you to be said for you after you die? And I said, one. And he goes, one. You think one mass is enough to get your sorry soul out of purgatory? And I said, One drop of the precious blood of Jesus is enough to get my sorry soul out of purgatory. It's what Jesus Christ did for me, not what I do for him. And so when you unite and you have masses said for people when they die, you're uniting them with what Jesus Christ did on the cross for them, okay? So again, one of the things that encourage you, if you're a Catholic and you're getting older, or not even if you're older, if you're... uh, a Catholic and uh, you have a will and your kids aren't that big of a practicing Catholic. So when you die, they might just bury you, which is what more and more people are doing. They don't care if the parents went to daily mass or anything else because it doesn't matter to them. You should put right on the top of your will or whatever instructions for your dying is none of this can be read until a mass, a funeral mass has been said for me. Uh, that then legally they're bound to have a mass said for you, a funeral mass. And it's just so important. This isn't just some ritual to make everybody feel good. It has deep spiritual consequences. Spiritual consequences get, get people out of purgatory. So it's very important that you have a mass said for you and you make sure that others know, if you're older or not, that if I die, I want a funeral mass. And please, if you're Catholic and you're saying, no, I don't want a funeral mass, shame on you. You need to have a mass when you die. I promise you, you do. So make sure you have a mass said for you when you die. And anyone in your family, when they die, if they're Catholic, especially you want to have a funeral mass for them. And if you can't, you can have a memorial mass said for them and that can help tremendously. Okay. Hi, Father. Uh, you gave me a few reputable organizations to, don- to no- donate to. What about St. Jude's Children Foundation? St. Jude's is fine, too. I used to donate it to uh, uh, years ago. And when they're helping uh, kids with cancer, I mean, that's one of the best things you can do. There's 
the ones that I said are just a few that I participate in. There are thousands of things you can participate in um, as long as you're making sure that most of the money doesn't go to the organization but to the people they're supplying. Because some you have to look online, some have very low giving to the, the people they're raising money for because they have very high administration fees. That means they're praying, they're uh, making sure that the president of the organization gets his money and everybody gets theirs and it's not just a little bit of money, it's a lot of money and they have big expense accounts. So not all organizations, even Catholic ones, are always reputable. So it's a that sad thing to say. That's why they have to play, you know, how much goes to administration, how much goes to the people they're actually uh, taken care of. That's why, again, with Mary's Meals, they do that. Um, and they go, give a lot or 180 Haiti. It's a friend of mine, you know, Sean uh, has it and he does a fantastic job and it takes care of the, uh, his orphanage in Haiti. And so there's all these things that can really help you out. Haiti 180 is what that is. And Mary's Meals, these are all very reputable, but there's many, many others. Of course, St. Jude's would be a reputable organization also. Okay. Oh, Mike asks, Father Larry, I'm on the staff at St. Benedict Catholic Church outside of Charleston, and our pastor and I would love to have you come in for a church mission. I would love to come down for a church mission. All you have to do is call Mary Therese. In fact, I think, uh, I'm not sure, I think we might have filled it, but we still have one for this Lent that's open, uh, I think. But again, we had a meeting uh, yesterday, and we I think we filled it, but maybe not. Because I'm very big, you know, if I come in and do a mission, the mission, uh, the parish has to close down except for the mission. Every night, the pastor and all the staff have to be there. And so some people say, oh, yeah, that's fine. When I get there, then they don't do any of that stuff. And I just says, we have to make darn sure ahead of time. Because if I'm coming in there... Uh, and the pastor says it's not worth his time. Well, no matter what I say, he's just going to come and put a blanket on it later. So this is a, if I do a mission, it's called a parish mission. So the priests have to be there. The staff have to be there. Like again, uh, or they'll have a school there and there's no school kids there. Are you kidding me? Of course, you got to have the school kids involved. Of course, you got to have, like, we want the high school kids to be handing out all the material every night. We want the youth groups involved. It's a parish mission. Some people just think, oh, yeah, Father Larry, come in and do this thing. Nice. Uh-uh-uh. You got to show the, we, there's videos. All that stuff is online. So all you have to do is go to thereasonforourhope.org. And then he says, meet Father Larry. And it says, uh, have Father Larry come speak. And there's a, um, uh, a form that you can fill out and then we sit there and we go through the forms you know and so uh some uh the people want to do it but then when it gets to the priest they don't want to be bothered with such things because it's very intense i mean it's my missions are two hours every night for four nights that's eight hours huh but it's life-changing for the people that do it uh but it's hard for the people the parishes that put it on there's a lot of work there's a mission packet you have to do and it's a lot of work for me that's why i only do six a year uh so but i'd love to because i don't know when was the last time i was down in charleston or if i've been to charleston to tell you the honest to goodness truth but I would love to come down if I can. Just got a hold of Mary Therese, my uh, director. Fill out that form, call her, and we can go from there. 
Hello, Michael. Again, are you available anytime next year? Again, yes, but you have to deal with Mary Therese. Okay. Today we honor St. Padre Pio. I know they call him St. Pius. It confuses me this morning. I'm like, who's St. Pius? Oh, oh, Padre Pio. Yes. Uh, He could buy locate. Yes, he could. If you could buy locate, where is the other place you would want to be right now if the Lord gave you a choice? To whoever needed uh, the presence of a priest the most right now. But it see someone dying, someone sick, someone if I could do that kind of stuff. Because again, like today, I wish I could buy locate. I, I just have not had a, a second to myself, not one. Usually I have, you know, a little couple minutes before meetings and that. I have not had that today. I have been running all day. So uh, uh, that would be the greatest thing, but it's not. But even when Padre Pio did it, he did it for people who were dying or sick or uh, flying. It was all kinds of stuff. So, but he was a great Saint Padre Pio and uh we need to go to his intercession and ask him to pray for us. Because again, we don't just ask the, the saints to pray for us, to give us little things. Like we go, Anthony, Anthony, look around. Something is lost and can't be found so we can find something for us. They're not our servants. They're praying for us so that we become saints one day. You know, that's the whole point. They, to get you to heaven, not to get you find your keys today. So again, so we go to these saints so that we can pray for them and it's that cloud of witnesses that's encouraging us on to get to heaven because it'd be so sad if uh, St. Anthony found our keys but we go to hell. (laughs) I need the coffee to stay awake today. Anyway, so there you go. Hope that answers your question. Okay, let's go to here from the internet. I know of no one else who actually hears the voice of Jesus. I have searched through all denominations and finally found apostolic succession in the Catholic Church. I need help. I'm alone. Very sorry to hear that, uh, Ken. Um, I can tell you I hear the voice of Jesus every day, Uh, not in an exterior thing, but an interior voice in my holy hour every day. You know, and that's what I keep telling people that... um, we are not of just some kind of religion who follows just ritual. That's what I said it again and again on Dr. Ray's show today on the episodes, that we are people that enter into relationship with God. And our prayer relationship is a, uh, a talking and a listening, a listening and a talking. It's a relationship like any relationship. And I've never heard God's voice. Who are you to hear God's voice? You should be able to hear. It says in the word of God, my sheep hear my voice. Now, in the beginning, the best way to do that is in scripture. But as you get used to understanding and knowing his voice, and you've heard it because like when your mother talks to you, after you've heard your mother's voice enough, you know her voice. And you could distinguish her voice between thousands of voices. The same with Jesus. It's going to take time. But when you're listening to him, start by reading the scripture because every time the scripture isn't a, a, a voice you can hear here, but it's a voice you hear in your heart as he's speaking to you. But then that slowly grows. that You can recognize his voice no matter when he speaks to you in prayer. And you can know the difference between when it's of God and when it's of you or when it's from the evil one by the fruit and by whether you have peace. Now, again, when I talk about peace, it's an ancient uh, thing, you know, uh, St. Ignatius talked about it. It's the, the way to find discernment. 
This is not a feeling, please. You know, just again, those of you who watch just to find something wrong, go look somewhere else, okay? Just do it. I mean, what's the point? We are here looking for truth and the truth that's given by the Catholic faith. And so when someone, like when I talked about this a couple of weeks ago, you're just sitting there, it's all about feelings, Father. That is not in any way, shape, or form. Like on my first night of the mission, I always say, people, I don't care how you feel, period. I'm not here to make you feel good or make you feel bad. I'm here to let you enter into a relationship with Jesus. And then I say, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night and looked over at your spouse and think, I hate your guts? I know some of you do that. You've had that thought before. I'm not saying, I'm just asking. So, but that doesn't matter at all. Why? Because love isn't about a feeling. Love is about commitment of life. And so the same in our prayer life. You know, and I just think that, Nowadays, you need to be faithful, and you need to be faithful no matter what. Nowadays, people, like I've had uh, my own parish in different places, they go around looking, and they stay for a while, and they move on, because it ain't about, it ain't about listening to somebody else or being a member of a community. It's about having things done my way. In the moment, I don't like the way you do things. Well, there's no faithfulness. There's no commitment here. It's all about me. And that's not what it is to be a follower of Jesus. We give ourselves to God. We give ourselves to a community because we're a family. And we need to know that and stop looking constantly for someone else to fill me and give me what I want. That's the wrong question. The question is, how can I uh, help other people? How can I build up the community? How can I do what God wants me to do? And so it goes much deeper. It'll cost you your life. Aren't you excited? It'll cost you your life. But God will speak to you every day if you listen. Okay? So, let's go on here. Father, about the rosary. The shrine is a four-hour drive away. I can just place it in our parish instead. Thank you. Okay, or put it in a put it in an envelope, Artie. I mean, that's all. If uh, again, if you put the rosary there for somebody, if, if like, let's say you're at that shrine and you put the rosary there and you put it in front of a saint because you wanted that, that would be important to you. That's why you put it there. So you'd be upset if someone else took it and for themselves. Maybe you would, maybe you wouldn't. But at least you can say, "I took this in front of what you might call it. Can you place it back? It'll cost you a dollar. That's all." You know, but, you know, but don't try to rationalize how we can best do these things. You know, you took something that didn't belong to you. Now, again, if it said free rosaries, then there's no problem with that. But if it was there for someone else, then you got to give it back. That's all. And you don't have to drive the four hours, but you could send it in the mail and ask them, I took this and I ask you to put it back in front of them. And they might, they might not, but at least then you're doing something. Okay. So, but that's good. Oh, excuse me. When are you doing a talk, mission, or retreat again in Pittsburgh area? It's been a long time. Yeah, I don't like going to Pittsburgh. (laughs) Even though I'm from Pittsburgh, I have found Pittsburgh people not to be very open to missions. You know, it's been a few exceptions. But I've been there, and it's like, eh, I ain't doing a mission, or this guy's from Pittsburgh. So, uh 
you know, I went to a Legatus place once, which is, you know, the very wealthy uh, groups. And I went to someone's house and they opened the door. And so here I'm the speaker for the night. And they says, oh, are you our speaker? And I go, yes. And they says, and they said, okay. And they put me outside and I had to sit there by myself. No one even talked to me. And these are the really good, good Catholic people. And I says, I'm never coming to Pittsburgh again for a talk like this because you invite me in and then uh, you treat me bad. Now, part of that is being a minister of the gospel. But the other part is people need a kick in the butt and saying that if you're going to do this stuff, commit yourself to it, okay? You know, so, but I would, I would gladly, uh, even though I said that tongue in cheek, I'm not coming back to Pittsburgh. I would gladly come back to Pittsburgh uh, if there's uh, something open for me to do down there. So, but again, since I grew up in Pittsburgh and everything else, it's kind of like, I haven't even done the men's conference down there in years. And I had done it a couple times once, but uh, the one year they called me the last time I was there and they had heard me that I had spoken at another men's conference up in the New England area. And I had said a swear word, not God's name or anything real bad. It began with uh, S and ended with a T. You know, and I talked about it in confession. It was my confession talk. And I says, what is worth saying that word or God's holy name in vain? And of course, God's holy name in vain, they would kill you for. But so there was another speaker there that was very upset. They called the Pittsburgh people. And then the Pittsburgh people called me and says, uh, Father, please don't say uh, any swear words in your talk. And I says, how about we just not come down? Huh? because if uh, a bunch of men can't listen to that word and they're going to be all shocked and stuff well then first of all I said this is Pittsburgh are you kidding me I am a Pittsburgher you know no one there is going to be shocked I'm, fr- I'm sorry you're shocked but that's reality but uh, I didn't say the word uh, in Pittsburgh because I did speak there and uh, but I haven't been asked back since because uh, you know sometimes I'm too uh, I'm too strong for people and too strong for uh, groups and that's okay you want a very gentle, gentle priest. There's plenty of them around. I'm just not. Now, I can be gentle when I need to, uh, and in confession and that. And, but again, that, uh, but this is pretty much my personality. You know, I'm a stronger personality. So some people love it. Some people pray for my death every day, just like uh, when the Holy Father this week could just see that and say, some people prayed for my death. And you think nobody would do that. Oh, I know people who did that. Because that's exactly, they pray and they do it in such a righteous way. We pray that God will take them home to heaven soon, please. So I'm very glad, glad that the Lord kept them here just to uh, be across to everybody who wants them dead. That's always a horrible thing to think on anybody. Anyway, um, yes, let's go on here. I just returned to the church about a year ago. Well, welcome, Nancy. Uh, and just found out that I have committed a sin prior to 2013. 2013, I had no idea the act was a sin and certainly didn't know what there was a mortal sin. Do I need to confess it? Nancy, now remember, to commit a mortal sin, you need serious matter. And then what's the next thing? Full knowledge. So if you did not know it was a mortal sin, when you did it, was it a mortal sin? It was a serious act but it would not have been a mortal sin for you because you didn't know it. Again, teaching of the church, ignorance of the law is an excuse. So you cannot commit mortal sin without knowing it's a mortal sin. Full knowledge and then full consent of the will. 
So you might even had full consent, but if you did not know it was mortally sinful, it would not have been mortally sinful for you. Now, you don't have to confess it, but if you become aware and you're still doing it, bring it up and say, I did this before, I've never confessed it before, and I want to confess it now just to get rid of it and to acknowledge before God that I'm sorry that I did that. I didn't know it offended him the way it did. Excuse me, and I'm sorry I offended him. So make it about God, not about you. So tell God you're sorry that you hurt him, not you're sorry because you might go to hell. You understand? And so again, this is the, the switch that God wants us to flip in our life, that we do what we do because of him, not because of us. Now again, all of us, there's stuff in us that's still selfish. We do things so I can go to heaven, da, da, da. But that cannot even be the primary reason we do things. We should always do things primarily for the love of God, okay? So let's say, I'd like to ask Father a question for his podcast. My mother is a devout Catholic and loves listening to your daily mass and podcast. She's very conflicted about the vaccine. A lot in our family will not get it. See it as a unnecessary poison we had put into their bodies. She has been praying and praying about it. I jokingly said that I would email Father Larry, and if he answers it, it's a sign from God. So here I am asking, why do you think we should get the vaccine? Were you nervous about it? I got it before everything else because I, was, uh, I work with people all the time. Before, when I go to Italy, I'm going to Italy on the 11th of October, uh, my last shot was the 1st of February. So the 1st of October, because I'm a diabetic, I'm going to be able to get the booster and I will get the booster, God willing. Uh, I have absolutely zero, zero, zero problem with the vaccine. You know, again, I think that uh, people are dying because of the, of the vaccine. You know, I, when I was a kid, I got the polio vaccine. Remember, we all got that little thing on the side. And we, I got the measles. I got everything. I just got the vaccine for, um, um, what do you call it? Uh, every year I get the flu shot. And then every year I got, uh, well, I got the pneumonia vaccine, whatever that is. And or the chicken pox thing too. And again, some people say, well, it took 38 years to develop those other vaccines. It did, because usually one or two uh, groups are doing it. You do realize this vaccine was worked on from virtually every scientist in the world to try to, try to stop people dying during the pandemic. And so I have absolutely no things. And then people go back with the abortion thing. And the church has already looked at that. It was 20-some years ago, and it wasn't tested on babies today. There might be a little bit of genetic there, but again, it's so, so, so far back. And, and again, even my thing is, the greatest thing Jesus Christ is he died to give us life. And if that baby died, and it was a horrible way, but it's still giving life to other people now, murder, abortion is murder. But still, life could come out from that child's life that gave life to other people through the vaccine 20 years later. But you can't do that uh, to test it on aborted babies or even on their genes. You cannot do that. Again, that's an evil to kill children. But again, uh, the, the two vaccines were allowed in the church and they say we should get is either the Pfizer or the Moderna. I got the Pfizer. 
And again, I just think, you know, uh, there's people watching here now that say, I just don't agree with you. There are parishioners of mine that uh, won't get the shot. And we don't argue. We talk about it, you know, and I just say, why won't you? You know, it's uh, not for your sake. But again, I always say, this isn't about you. It's about others. And again, I had people leave the parish because I said, if you're not vaccinated, you're supposed to um, wear a, a, a mask is what the bishop asked. And people said, I'm not coming into church. And I said, so you would stop receiving Jesus Christ because you have to wear a mask? Really? Is that what this is about? We have to do it your way or you're taking your toys and leaving? Is that what this is about? Well, you were never a follower of Jesus in the first place. You should be willing to die for Jesus. I am willing to die for Jesus. I'm not willing to die for a vaccination. I'm not saying you're dying for a darn vaccination. The vaccination is helping you save the people's, other people's lives, huh? So again, but you are 100% free, but being 100% free, know that your decision has consequences and you must abide by those consequences. You know, people want to have sex before marriage and a baby comes and they say, oh no, no, I didn't want that to happen. That was a mistake. Let's kill that consequence. No, like if a kid would come and tell me, you know, Father, I had sex with my girlfriend and there was, uh, there was a mistake. What's a mistake? I'm, well, she's pregnant. I go, oh, no, son, that wasn't a mistake. Everything worked the way it was supposed to. That's the consequence of having a sexual act. And so if you don't get vaccinated and you get COVID and you die, it was the consequence of you not getting vaccinated. Huh? Now, there are people who have been vaccinated, die anyway. Uh, there's a couple breakthrough things, but it's a rare, rare thing. But that happens with everything. And some people say, I can get sick. You can get sick and die from taking aspirin, literally, or an antibiotic, literally. It doesn't mean that you don't take those things. So again, um, when the Holy Father come and told everybody that he thinks it's a moral obligation to get the vaccine, if it was somehow immoral and the Holy Father told you to do that and you were just following the, the teaching of the Holy Father, the, the vicar of Christ on this earth, then you would not be responsible for that because you're, you're following what the vicar of Christ said. But I'm telling you, it's not. I'm telling you that the, the, uh, the theologians throughout the world have looked at this and says, you can get it and you should get it. Uh, there's a few bishops that say, no, you shouldn't. Okay. But you think of one, the, the magisterium of the church is not one or two bishops holding up ancient dogma. The, mag, the magisterium of the church is the living witness and the teaching of the bishops together and the Holy Father united. And so when most of the bishops and the Holy Father say to do something, that's magisterium. Huh? You can always have people that aren't going to agree when Vatican II came. There was lots of people that didn't agree. But again, when we have to make those type decisions, but you're still free to make your own decision to not get it or get it. But wouldn't it be sad? You don't get it. Yeah, you don't get the vaccine. You get COVID and you die. When that could have been prevented. So that's my two cents. But 100%, you are free to do as you will. Uh, but when I prayed about it, it wasn't even a thing. It was like, of course, you know, it's why um, I'm a diabetic and I take medicine. And does it change my body? It sure does. Yes, it does. It helps me not to produce as much insulin because insulin's killing me. Not sugar, insulin. So I have to watch my insulin thing. So when they have medicines that can fix that, I'll fix that. 
Now, I could sit there and say, well, God made me this way, so I might as well just go the natural way. So if, if it's his will for me to die, then it's his will for me to die. And you all know the story, right? When someone was in the flood, and as they were in the flood, uh, they keep praying to God, and the uh, God, this, uh, this uh, person comes in a rowboat, and they says, come on, get in the boat. And he goes, no, 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 I'm waiting for God. And then it gets up to uh, halfway to the house. And then another rowboat comes and says, uh, the guy says, come on, get in. And he goes, no, 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 I'm waiting for God. And then the water rises on his roof. And this time a helicopter comes and they say, come on, come on. We're going to bring you in. Come on in, get in the helicopter. And he goes, no, 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 I'm waiting for God. And then the water rises and the guy drowns. And he goes before God and he says, I trusted you. Why did you let me die? He said, I sent you two boats and a helicopter and you didn't pay any attention. The vaccine is a gift from God. It just is. And if God sends the gift, then we got to accept the gift. But again, you're free to do as you will. Okay, here we go. Let's go on. I recently ran across a rosary podcast leading one through one through the decades. Good. The podcast does not focus on the traditional sets of mysteries. It provides five daily meditations on the teachings of Jesus. Well, that's fine. You know, as long as uh, you're meditating on Christ or meditating on his mother, then that's what the rosary is for is to help us uh, grow closer. Okay. Hi, Father. Love your show. Thank you questions for you. What or who is the Antichrist? There have been many Antichrists according to the word of God. And so when they talk about the Antichrist, like in the book of Revelation, right then and there, the Antichrist was a, a what do you call it? A, a hidden word, which is not, I, I don't know. The, it was a word that they could use to call the emperor because he was killing them. But there was also Antichrists that were uh, teaching against the teaching of Jesus. And so, but throughout the centuries, there's been many. Now, a lot of the Protestants are saying there's going to be one Antichrist that comes, but the scriptures talk about many Antichrists. And so a lot of Protestants think that the Antichrist has been the Pope and not this Pope. It's some of the Catholics who think this Pope is the Antichrist, but they thought John Paul was the Antichrist, that uh, Benedict was the Antichrist. You know, all you have to do is, if you want to look and have fun, you know, say, is uh, Pope Benedict the Antichrist? Or is all of them, they're going to, oh, yes, yes, yes. The Antichrist, remember, in um, John's gospel was the one that had 666 on his on his forehead now again probably that is not an actual reality but it meant something deeper because it was uh 333 was the perfect number and numerology thing so 666 was the anti-god thing and so but again don't know does jesus return and what happens when he does of course we say every week or every uh, every week when we go to mass and we say the creed and he says and he will come again to judge the living and the dead so again, dogma of the faith that Jesus Christ is going to come again. And it's always, you know, when we think about it, it's always a good thing to reflect on that when Jesus comes, it's going to be the same face of Jesus. Some of us are going to be looking and smiling and saying, welcome, Jesus. Some of us are going to be screaming and running and saying, get away from me, Jesus. Don't come now. We should always be living in the state of grace that whenever he comes, the end of the world or the end of our lives, it's okay, okay? If we're living in a state of grace, you never have anything to worry about. So we always got to stay in the state of grace. 
And again, we focus on Jesus. When we fall, we get up and we just say, I'm Jesus, I'm sorry, and instantly repent. Instantly repent. Because God's always on your side. He's never out to get you. He wants you to be with him forever. So yes, Jesus is coming again, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. And, uh, you know, again, the only time Jesus tells us explicitly who goes to heaven and who goes to hell in Matthew 25, we talked about this last week, when he says explicitly, uh, he'll come again when all the, when he comes with all his angels, he'll separate them. And he'll say to those in his right, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for the foundation of the world. Because I was hungry and he gave me food. I was thirsty, he gave me drink. It's very important we take care of the poor. Our salvation depends on it. Again, he says, just a little later in Matthew 25, get out of my sight, you condemned, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Because I was hungry and he gave me no food. Huh? So again, that's just an important reality. So hopefully that helps. Okay. It is so confusing to hear many of the EWTN programs denouncing the vaccine. Why don't they obey the Pope? Again, if you were listening to the Holy Father this week, he didn't say EWTN, he didn't say anything explicitly about them. He just said a very large Catholic uh, TV station go against him a lot. And he says, I deserve it, but the church doesn't deserve this being split because it is splitting because of the confusion. Uh, And so then he says, when they do that, he didn't call them evil and he didn't say anything explicitly about EWTN. He says, they're doing the work of the devil. Why? Because the work of the devil is being the accuser. And when, and again, the people at EWTN are fantastic people. I have a lot of good friends down there and all the people that I worked with and I was there from uh, uh, Warsaw who runs it all to Doug Keck to all the people I worked with, uh, they were very kind to me while I was there. And uh, I think in with all their hearts, they just want to do the will of God in their hearts. Um, I just think that if anything, like with me, if someone says something about me, that I got to take that to prayer. And I got to make sure that I can't just dismiss things. I got to say, God, is that true? And if it is, convict me because all of us when i drop dead i want to hear from god well done good and faithful servant that's what i want and i want to do it because i pleased him and so i want to make sure i please him and that's why i support the pope um because he's the one that uh christ put there as head of the church and so i will support him and i'll back him and but there's some of the people on that station which will be nameless, but I don't think they're doing anything in God's name. They just like to listen to themselves, huh? And they just like to get their little group together and go against the Pope every week. And they like, they're filled with arrogance, pride, and vanity. And I know a lot about all three of those because I have all three of those myself. And so, but we got to at least sit there and uh, think like I would never publicly go against my bishop, even if I disagreed with him. Why? He's my bishop. And I took a vow of obedience and respect. That no matter what, we need to have obedience and respect. And I don't see that respect from some of the people on there. And I think that's who he's calling out. He's not calling out the whole station. He's just saying that enough. 
And I think when the Pope of the church says enough, we need to listen and stop it, in my opinion. But when they talk about all those things too, always, 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 always listen to the magisterium of the church. No one else speaks for the church, not EWTN, not Relevant Radio, not Father Larry Richards. Nobody speaks for the Catholic church except for the magisterium of the church. And again, that is the Pope with the bishops. That's the teaching of the church. And that's who we listen to. We don't listen to saints. We don't listen to what this saint, because the saints don't all agree. Let me tell you, they don't. Even in their lifetime, you had Francis and Dominic, two entirely different ways of holiness. So you just can't pick and choose. The magisterium of the church is what we're looking for. And the magisterium, again and again, if I have to say it a million times today, is the Pope and the bishops when they speak together. And so that's who's the official speaker of the faith, of the Catholic faith. What makes you Catholic or not is the official teaching of the church. Because even the ones that they're going back on and saying, well, this to the thing taught uh, 100 years ago, that's because it was taught by the bishops and the pope. And so again, there was people that went against those bishops and those popes in those days too. But it's not of God. It's just that simple. Always listen to the magisterium of the church. Nobody else, including me, okay? So when I just said that, you have to go look it up. Watch, look at the catechism. Is this true what Father Larry just said? Don't listen to anybody without checking it to see if it's true. Always discern all spirits. Test all spirits is what Jesus says in the word of God. So let's test all spirits. Which is the one of God? Which is the one of the Antichrist? Because there are many Antichrists, as we already talked about. Okay, so. Okay, please let us all continue to pray for our beloved Pope Francis. More than ever before, he's being viciously attacked and betrayed. May the peace of the unity be in our church. Grace and peace to all. 100% agree with you. <laughs> Just, you I agree, 1,000%. How's your dog doing? Not well. He's uh, not doing well at all. Uh, but what I have uh, start giving him, again, not telling anybody to do this either. But I was reading how uh, that CBC oil or that uh, CBD, the stuff that's devoted uh, from marijuana without any of the uh, getting high properties, uh, that that helps them. And so I got some of this oil and I help, he licks it out of my hand and, and boy, that helps more than the other medicine. And again, it's not like it can be in my dog's head. <laughs> it's really helping him. The, the other medicine used to knock him out uh, for pain. And this one, he can walk around still. I mean, he walks on three legs because the cancer is bone cancer and it's in his last leg, uh, his back leg, and it really hurts him. But you know what? Like he still jumps in the bed with me at night and I have this high bed and I said, no, you don't have to do that. But he isn't uh, comfortable unless he does that. And he does it on the three legs and he pulls himself up with his front legs. And so uh, I'm not going to talk much more about this. I'm going to get emotional. And, uh, but I love my dogs and this is the end of me having dogs when these two go because it's too hard for me to be on the road. And I used to have a, a wonderful couple that used to take care of the dogs and uh, they had to retire uh, from doing that. So now my assistant's doing that, but uh, that's not in his job description, of course, and it's just putting a burden on him, and I don't want to do that anymore. So when these two go, 
then I'll just be, uh, I can be out on the road and everything because I'm on the road too often. And it's just not fair, I guess. But again, so, uh, yeah, I, you know, yeah. So thanks for asking. Thank you. Okay. Let's go on here. Is Israel 80% in Israel? 80% are vaxxed and 70% in hospital are those who have been vaxxed double. Well, I haven't read that and I haven't heard that. I mean, so you can see a lot of those things on, uh, on news, but again, you have to always check, you know, I have a lot of friends who are doctors and I've talked about this with them and we've looked at all the uh, various uh, studies and everything else. And then people say, well, this doctor, this country doctor said this, just watch this video, father, and you'll understand. Well, that's one doctor as opposed to every doctor in the world. There again, so, and then what people do, like everybody does it from their own side. We're trying to win an argument, right? So we make statistics up and we interpret it this way and they do that. But again, people aren't dying in the hospital in most places. If they're, if they, they, that doesn't mean they don't get it, even if you've been vaccinated, because even vaccinations, it's like somewhere 90% and then after six months, it drops to 70%. Um, but some people like I get the flu shot and I've got the flu before. You know, again, do what you want, but make sure I always say we need to seek truth, meaning that we look at all the arguments. We don't just listen to the people who agree with us and keep getting arguments just to uh, build my position. That's not truth. It's looking at all the arguments, all the, uh, the data from all these different people, making sure we're making a decision that's not an emotional decision, but it's an intellectual and a heady decision that we pray about. That's what we got to do, everybody. But what we usually do is we go onto the internet and we find people because we only have people that agree with us that are going to be on our feed. And so all the information is going to be the stuff we've been looking for than what we want the feeds on. And so some of the people have been putting this stuff out. Or, but again, then when you look at it, and let's look at it uh, objectively. So I don't know because I, that's the first time I've ever seen that statistic. So again, what I'm going to do though, is I'm going to later on tonight when everything is done with my crazy day, I'm going to look that up and I'm going to see if that's true. And if it's true, then we'll have something else to talk about. But again, I don't know because sometimes I see these things all the time, what people say, but okay, Gretchen. I remember saying in our father, Hail Mary and glory be for the intentions of the Pope after masses, rosary, benedictions. Uh, and I still do that. That's part of still saying the rosary, like uh, in the beginning of every rosary, before you say the Hail Marys, the three Hail Marys, it says, for an increase of faith, hope, and love, and for the intentions of the Holy Father. To get a plenary indulgence, people, one of the conditions is you pray for the intentions of the Holy Father. <laughs> so it's all these people that, oh, no, no, I, nope, you can't get it. You can't get a plenary indulgence. You cannot get a plenary indulgence without praying for the intentions of the Holy Father. Sorry for those who hate the Holy Father. It's just, you got to pray for his intentions. You got to pray for him. You got to fast for him. We got to do this. So how would you lovingly correct a person who asks who I worship as a Catholic, although they are Christians? Is it, uh, is it time that we should always 
Is it time that we should always say Christian Catholic? I always say a Christian or Catholic by definition is someone who's been uh, saved by Jesus Christ. Now, see, they see most times, and some Catholics are like this, that they got to earn their way to salvation. So if they think that we're earning our way because of works, they take anything. And again, like all these things, we all argue and then we all get our sides and the other person's wrong and I'm wrong, you know, period. And we just want to hate each other and show each other why the other person's all wrong. But if we listen to each other and we, we can all agree that we're all saved by grace. We're all saved by what Jesus did for us, not what we do for him. But where we start differing is how do we uh, live that grace? And so for us, it's faith and works. For Protestants, it's faith alone. You know, that was Luther's cry. And so, but when it comes down to it, we all believe the same. It's what Jesus did for us. So again, if you start talking to them about your relationship with Jesus Christ, Period. And for them, all you have to do is accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. So you say right then and there, oh, I accept Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, now and forever. Then for them, that's all you have to do. So get out of my face. That's all I have to do. So, but again, that's not all you have to do, according to Jesus. You got to live the faith. We just can't profess something and not live it. We say we believe by the way we live, not just by the way we think. Okay? But I got to get out of here. I got it. Like, again, it's, uh, I didn't realize it was so late. But again, thank you for coming and listening here. Again, I don't expect you to agree with everything I say. I don't agree with everything of other people say either. That's okay. But I do hope that no matter what I say, if you're still on here and you still didn't agree with something I said, that you take it to Jesus and then you listen. You look at the teaching of the Catholic faith and you listen. You get people on both sides and listen. And ask the Holy Spirit to lead you. Because huh? if we're at least open and listening to what truth is, then God's going to lead us as long as we don't always think we have the fullness of truth in ourselves. Huh? Jesus is the fullness of truth. And we get glimpses into it. And when we follow the teaching of the church, we get the fullness of it. Okay? The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless, keep, and protect you. He who is Father and Son and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. Pray for me and know that I'm praying for you every single day. See you next week. <laughs>